Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, this is The Bright Side with Technisha. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technisha. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is the first official day of June 2014, and you're tuning into another episode of The Bright Side with Technisha. And, of course, you didn't hear me on yesterday. I had other obligations that I thought I was going to make. I was supposed to go to my cousin's wedding, but obviously things didn't work out that way, even though I planned a whole month in advance for this one last day to see her walk down the aisle, and I didn't get that chance. And, of course, this, that was going to be my first wedding besides mine that i actually been to. i never been to anyone's wedding to see them married, so that was exciting, but it didn't happen that way. So I was very upset, and I... I let out my emotions, and, and it just didn't come out the way I wanted it to. But anyhow, I have a special guest. So her name is Hannah Hundell. She's an outstanding student, an exceptional citizen, a leader, and an individual. She she does it all. Her, her thing is journalism, and you definitely find that in young teens today. They mostly want to be busy going shopping at the mall cruising around with their friends at the beach or something of that sort. But this young lady actually takes out her time to want to write and also to be an advocate for teens on teen fitness, health, and well-being. So, Hannah, I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thank you so much. I'm so honored for the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. How did you, be, how did you even – well, before we get into your love for writing, give us a little bit more detail on your – background. Tell us some cool things about yourself. Right, right. So I am a 16-year-old. I live in Turlock, California. I was actually born in Chicago, and then we lived in the L.A. region for a little bit, and then we moved to Turlock. And it's really wonderful because we're right in the heart of California's Central Valley. So we're right in the nexus of all the, the great agriculture um, that California provides. So, you know, everywhere when you walk out, you see almond blossoms and cherry blossoms, and it's such a natural setting here. And I think that's really fueled my love for physical activity outside because I love to be in the outdoors, you know, biking, hiking, swimming. And I think it's because that I live in such an area where it's so refreshing to be outside, you know, to, be, to walk out your door and have a gust of almond blossoms blowing in your face. It's just beautiful. And so... I, I love the Turlock community. We're a very tight-knit town. You know, everybody knows everybody. And so with all my journalism efforts, even locally, it's really made some waves, and that's been wonderful getting to actually meet the people who I'm having an impact on. Right. I mean, you got an awesome, like I said, you got an awesome life. And for a 16-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> right, you got to put me in mind of myself. I was, I spent that time just thinking about writing and stuff. I didn't do the things that most teens would actually want to do, play around with friends. Of course, I wanted to do that, but at the same time, I wanted to focus on my studies and, and get it together right. and everything. And my passion is still journalism. I love it. I love to not be nosy, but I like to know things beyond other things. So I'm always Googling or trying to find out more information about something. I, and I, that's the same thing I do for my daughters. I try to keep them in the library because we wean away from that because we're so caught up on the technology of things we don't want to Listen right. to dictionary anymore. So, absolutely. That, I, no, I think, yeah, definitely. Okay. I think journalism really fuels a sense of curiosity in you. Because whenever I'm trying to amalgamate enough information for a story or for a broadcast, you know, it takes a lot of background research. And I'm trying to expend all of my resources, whether it be going to libraries, talking with folks, just any way I can to gather all this information. So journalism really keeps me out there in the community talking with people and using all that I've got to make a great story. Right. And that's why I like doing this radio show because you find out more about the person by talking. I love it. Even though apparently it seems like newspapers are are going down because we have everything on the Internet or television is competing against newspapers. People really don't pick up Mm -hmm. any paper. Anymore, but journalism will always live on. I don't care if it's through Twitter, Facebook, right. it's on regardless. 
about us talking now, that's journalism. You know, it's communication. So, Hannah, this is what I would like to know as well, since you all told us about yourself. Tell us about your work to help young people see the value of living a healthy lifestyle, because I know that's hard for people to actually get into, especially teenagers. You, you see so many of them dealing with obesity, and now they're getting to diabetes. And I, I don't know if you heard about the new film as well, Hannah, on Fed Up that Katie Couric is involved with talking about diabetes. Wow. I think it's yeah, it's um documentary coming out now. They said, and I think if I'm correct, by 2020, I forgot the year, yeah. they, said a third, mm-hmm. they said a third of Americans are going to have diabetes. Right. Oh, I, I was so into looking at that because I saw a commercial about yeah. that. And I thought, that's wonderful, you know, any way that we can get this message across. You know, I actually came across it uh, because, you know, I'm in the public school system, I go to public school every day, and I'm around all of these kids who I felt were doing these really detrimental things to their health. Even within my own intimate circle of friends, I know every day I would be the one bringing the packet of carrots, and they all be eating chips. I would be the one wanting to walk home after school every day, you know, to get a little exercise, and they'd be the ones trying to find rides. Uh, and so that really inspired me to just, have my generation maybe adopted a fresher mindset on health? I'm not talking about radical transformations, just everyday little things you can do here and there to really insert a greater amount of health and fitness in your life. Whether it be when you go to the grocery store and making sure you're actively reading those labels. <laughs> I don't know any young person really besides myself and maybe one or two other kids who do that, uh, but that's so important. Or whether it be just, Every day after you come home from school, just taking a quick bike ride around the block. There's so many little ways you can integrate being active in your lifestyle that it doesn't have to radically change the way you're living right now, but just those incremental steps gradually is going to make a big impact. And that's what I really try to encourage young kids to realize. Right. And some people think, oh, I have to give up meat. I just have to eat vegetables. No, you don't have to give up meat, but there are certain things that are that are good as far as meat, like salmon, you have, I mean, it's just so much that you just have to do your own research, and as you said, you have to check out the label, and even when you see certain food items that say like 100 calories, like I was watching the doctors, and they were saying like some items might say, oh, it's just 100 calories, but you also have to be careful of those because they substitute so much to either weight gain or mm-hmm. weight loss or you just have to be careful on what you pick out. Even some of the, even some of your organic, even some of your organic foods, Hannah, are not as organic as you think. And it's so crazy. <laughs> it even gets me torn. Like, okay, my God, can I eat this? Can I eat that? I even have friends. I might ask, is this good? Does this substitute this? So you know, sometimes it's good to have buddies on your team who will be willing to work out with you or eat right, so you can ask them questions. Be like, okay, this is not good. Like, I'm. I'm trying to cut back on salt. Um, I'm going to start using Miss mm-hmm. Dash because I know Miss Dash doesn't have MSG. So, you know, that's a little advice that you can get from certain friends, but you got to have the right ones on your team. So I, I, I get help that way because I do P90X and I, and I also do hip-hop apps. So that helps. And a lot of people mm-hmm. say they – I have restarted on these programs because sometimes I get off track, and it's hard when you're trying to train your own self because – being a personal trainer does cost yeah. money. So Right. No, absolutely. You know, yeah. So I'm 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 happy for you, Hannah, like I said, that you're getting out there and you're you're being an activist for young people and even adults, because I'm sure adults get inspired by this too. Now oh, um absolutely because uh you know with all my health advocacy, I'm really directing it towards young people because that's near and dear to my heart and I feel I can really open a line of communication with them better perhaps. But when I'm encouraging these young people to adopt healthier mindsets, their parents need to come in along with it because these young people can't be expected to adopt this really, really healthy lifestyle and then go home and be surrounded by loads of junk food. You know, the parents need to be in with it. We need role models. We need people who we look up to from whom we realize that health matters, and that way we can lay that good, healthy foundation right now when you're young. So definitely, I think the lines of communication need to be opened between uh, young people and old people, between students and teachers, between parents and their children. Everybody needs to be in on this healthy mission. 
Right. And it's hard. I, I would say it's definitely hard in my family because as far as it goes with my twin girls, I work out. So, you know, I'm thinking they'll work out with me because I see mommy doing it, so I'm going to do it. But it doesn't work that way. And I think because they'll see my husband do the opposite of what I do. I try to do the healthy. Every once in a while, I might get a, a taste for a little lady's potato chip. But I don't try to make it a habit. And they'll see that from him or see the... The poor skin is like, okay, how can I try to compete with that, Hannah? Because it's very hard. Right. I really do. I, I try to sneak the raw almonds and the vegetables. Here, get the almonds. Now, they, don't get me wrong. They love their fruits and vegetables. But at the same time, <laughs> I would like to see them more active. Like, okay, you don't have to do the P90S with me. That's not for you. But the hip-hop app, I thought that would be awesome. They'll be in there getting down, grooving. Absolutely. No, they you would be right in your room having a plan. I'd be like, really? Don't anybody <laughs> want to work? I just, I just, just work out one time, and so it's, it's a battle. <laughs> I think I have to. I'm gonna have to get the whole involved. He's gonna have to pull along with me. Then I can get the children. Right, you know, it's a battle for me too. I'll admit it. You know, after I come home from school, sometimes or after a really long day, lots of tests. You know, sometimes we don't feel like going outside and exercising. Sometimes we'd rather be indoors and turn on the television or play a video game or two. Uh, so it's definitely a battle for me as well. I think nobody, even though I may be a health advocate, I think nobody's really perfect in uh, jumping up on that healthy lifestyle as soon as they wake up in the morning each day. Um, so definitely I have to work at it too. But, you know, I love the struggle of working through it. I like the um, kind of the mental... That, that different area, that different space you're in mentally when you have to really tell yourself to choose the healthier option over the junk food option. I think after a couple of minutes, you begin to feel empowered. You feel like, yeah, I can do this. I did it then. I forego the, I forewent the chips for the carrots. I can do this. I can live this. I'm, you know, I'm ready. I'm capable of this. Um, so even though I struggle sometimes as well. I think it's important to kind of learn to jump through the hoops and get over the humps because I think that's what makes you stronger and makes you really committed to this healthy mission. Right. And it is. It's very it's very hard. Well, today, since I'm missing workouts, I will be putting in workouts today. The ladies <laughs> out there, and I know some ladies feel like, oh, my hair, my hair. Honey, wrap that hair up. Put oh on you a good and just get to work it out. Because I'm telling you, once you wrap up your hair real good, it will it, it will be okay. It's going to sweat a little it, bit. It'll but, be all right. Yeah. Right. We'll that's get that's the piece of our concern. Right. Because I did the same thing. I worked out. I went to a spin class with my coworker, and my curls ended up dropping, even though I had it wrapped up. I, I just went on washing. Everybody was on the job like, what happened? I said, well, I worked <laughs> out. And, and it dropped, so I just washed it. And everybody was looking at me fine. I was like, well, workout over, work out over a hairstyle. I'll take the workout any day. And it was fun, too. Oh, oh definitely. Right. If you, you don't have to, if you're not in Atlanta and you can't go to the Alexander Recreation Center, wherever you are, find the Spencer class. They are wonderful. They are a great exercise. I love it. They're interactive. They're not boring like you think. Because the one I went to, he had, he had the songs on, and I was going at it, Hannah. I, I loved every bit of it. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. No, yeah, definitely choose the exercise over the hairstyle. You know, I can't even name how many studies uh, really affirm that physical activity improves your mood so much more. You know, either you can it's be sitting there with perfectly coiled hair, you know, a little bit, little bit more curlier hair, but uh, you feeling really good. I know every time that I'm out there taking a great bike ride or hiking through the beauty that surrounds us in nature, I come back in just feeling wonderful. I'm so invigorated and exhilarated. I feel like I have so much more energy uh, to communicate with my family and to play with little kids. You know, it, it, just, it really changes you to the core. And I think if more people have the opportunity to experience just how change-worthy it is, I think they definitely embark in uh, this healthy lifestyle a lot quicker because it's wonderful. You know, all the endorphins that are released, all these great hormones and chemicals that just really transform your body in such a positive way. It's so, it's so wonderful. Now, speaking on the hormones, I mean, 
That's why I think it's sometimes good to go back just eating vegetables and fruit, and I need to get into that because they got great recipes out here. If you're if you're a vegetarian or even if you want to just try it, great recipes just for veggies and fruit. But because I was thinking about the more sense when you say hormones, there's so much in these foods, especially these processed foods, so many steroids and hormones. That's why most of our children are developing like you don't want them to develop because there's just so much parts, so many chemicals in this food these days. Oh, definitely. Right, right. And, you know, all these things that these kids are ingesting that I fear they don't even know what they're eating. Uh, let's I, talk about energy drinks for a minute. That trend is just everywhere in the public school system. I know I, I myself do not drink energy drinks, but I know many of my friends have them quite often for lunch each day, and it just breaks my heart because... I actually wrote an article on this, uh, and it was regarding a study done by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And what that administration did was it conducted a survey of 230 U.S. hospitals, and it found that the number of emergency room visits owing to energy drinks increased from 10,000 to over 20,000 in a period of about four years. Now, that's incredible, and it boggles my mind that more people aren't talking about this. More young people, particularly, aren't talking about this. The ones that are drinking these things on a regular basis, sometimes even two or three a day. Uh, and I think at that age, we think our bodies are invincible, but it's going to catch up to us. Uh, there's going to be a point in time where we're really going to feel the ramifications of what we've done. So what, that's what I really just, you know, in my health advocacy try to encourage young people to understand that right now is the time to lay a healthy foundation. We're, we're going to become whatever we're laying the foundation for right now. And so right now you really have power. It's powerful uh, what the ability you have to dictate how you want to live the rest of your life. And so establish a healthy lifestyle pattern. It's really going to really feel the positive ramifications of that much later on. Why? And coming back to that, where you were speaking on energy drinks, I mean, they're just terrible. They're they're just as terrible as drinking eight-ounce cup of coffee. They contain so much caffeine in them, and I think by them not being regulated as food, they're not, right. the FDA cannot really regulate or limit that amount or content of ingredients in these drinks. So, I mean, mm-hmm. Hannah, how does it really necessarily mean these drinks are just bad for you? I mean, I mean, caffeine is a it's a pretty in in cautious substance. So, how bad are they really for you? Right. Well, you know, after I wrote that article um, for the Huffington Post, the American Beverage Association actually reached out to me, and the spokesperson for that uh, was trying to tell me that my article either was not accurate or was not uh, not essential because. She was trying to explain to me that caffeine is a healthy ingredient. And, well, people do ingest caffeine through coffee. Uh, We're finding more and more that the amount in energy drinks is just unprecedented compared to the normal amount that people would ingest through coffee. And the problem is that these corporations really aren't accurately reporting how much caffeine is present in Red Bull and Monster Energy and Rockstar or in Full Throttle all these energy drinks, uh, they're really not accurately conveying to the public how much caffeine they're actually ingesting. And that's the big problem because some of these caffeine levels have been assessed according to be about two, three, four times what would be a, a healthy dosage amount for any young child's growing body. And so that's really the issue. And these corporations aren't being transparent enough with what they're putting in their products. And I think that's only contributing to the problem. Right. They're not telling you all the effects of it, especially when it comes to the, to the children. I mean, that caffeine, it, it can affect the cardiovascular system, so you have to be careful. And most of the time, because I work as a, as a waitress, I see them taking the energy drinks and they'll mix them with alcohol, and that's risky too, especially when you're driving. Oh, my God. Yeah, they take, yeah, they take Red Bull, Red Bull mix them with Grey Goose, and it's like, no, that doesn't calm it down. That makes it worse. Right. Oh, definitely. And, you know, in those moments, I think when you ingest uh, an energy drink spiked with alcohol, your body's not going to have the best reaction to that. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to kind of waver for a minute or two. 
And I think that should be a sign unto you that what you're doing at that moment is detrimental to your figure and your being. Uh, and the same thing goes for things like tobacco. You know, people brag over time how great their first cigarette was. No, uh, they don't recall coughing and hacking uncontrollably for two to three minutes. They don't recall nearly vomiting or vomiting after that first cigarette. No, I, these, these little reactions that your body's having, they're signs. They're telling you that what, what you're doing is not right for your body. You just have to be perceptive enough to listen to what your body's telling you. Right, so people out there who love your energy journeys, please try to take care away from them. They're, they're not as good as they're advertising on television. And that's another thing. These advertising, they suck us right on in. They make that stuff look like it's so good and it don't be as healthy. Our world is crashing with so much obese diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol levels. Plus, we look at commercials and it looks, it looks appetizing. At the same time, it's killing, it's killing the community as a whole. And it's, it's very sad, and I hope that this show today will get out and target the people out here in Hannah. Like I said, you're doing a wonderful job, and I hope that your message gets across to so many people out here that they don't know the consequences, that they, this stuff could be dangerous and even deadly out here. Now, Hannah, what? this is bringing me to the question, why do you think so many young people today don't eat white and get the recommended amount of daily exercise? Well, I think the, one of the primary issues with my young generation embarking on this healthy mission is the fact that we're facing novel challenges. You know, the right. teenage years are tumultuous time already, but now with the advent of technology and all the innovations that come along with that, um, my generation is really having to travel through these humps that previous generations perhaps did not even have to deal with. You know, now young kids come home and they think, am I going to go outside and play or am I going to turn on the video games? Right. And they come home and think, oh, you know, should I go for the package of candy, the many that are sitting around because they're so cheap nowadays? Or should I, you know, make myself a good healthy snack like celery and peanut butter? Um, I think really the advent of technology has played such a huge role and not only in physical health but also in emotional well-being. You know, that's a component of health as well. You've got to make sure your mind is clean and freer also. Uh, with social media, that follows young people everywhere nowadays. All the pressures and tensions of the schoolyard uh, now follow you home and you're having to deal, them, deal with them as you sit down at home and look on your desktop computer. And so that certainly contributes to a kind of mental congestion in young people when they're constantly feeling the need to check their Instagram, check their Facebook, check their Twitter, uh, update all these statuses. That actually right. is good for a child. A child needs to be mentally free, needs to be outside playing and have the least amount of things to worry about. And it's really interesting because I actually wrote another article on this as well. And um, right. when I was researching for it, I found that the American Psychological Association uh, conducted a study of stress uh, across all different demographics of people in America. And for the first time in decades, young people, teenagers, in fact, self-reported higher stress levels than adults. So on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 representing the least amount of daily stress and 10 representing the most, young people actually pinpointed their daily stress level at about 5.8, whereas the adult survey, the thousands of adults, pinpointed their stress level at about 5.1. Now, I think that's incredible that all of these novel factors in our world, ever-evolving world today are contributing to that much mental tension and stress in young people. So I think that's a huge part of the problem, that my generation is just so barraged with all these new innovations, and we're just still trying to work, work it all out and get right through it and press on. But if we don't have all these great supports of parents or teachers, any adults in our life, it's really challenging for a young child to navigate through the tarim scarum world. And so that's why I think they're not as inclined to opt for healthy options, whether they be physically healthy, healthy and nourishing, such as uh, nutritious food, or whether they contribute to their overall emotional well-being, such as foregoing that uh, social media platform for a couple of days. Um, all of these challenges are really rolled in together, and they're contributing to this decrease in health that I think is prevalent among young people. Right. 
And in an article I had found uh, for USA Today, Dr. Yolandra Hancock, who is a pediatrician at Children's National Medical Center in Washington, D.C., notes that even when teens want to exercise to lose weight, they don't always know how to go about it. Um, some of the other things, they don't know what actually, they don't know what counts towards it or they don't have the role model as well, and some don't find it as fun. And like you was mentioning on the social media, we take so much time out to do social media. That's your little minutes that you're on Twitter and Facebook. You could do about three minutes outside, cleaning the yard, doing jumping jacks, even doing some plank exercises, just little things that you could do. You don't have to go all the extreme an hour and a half like T90X, but you could do like maybe 10 minutes. And then once you get up on that 10 minutes, then add a little bit more. It's just like when you go on walking. Before you start actually running, you start off walking. Take a little mile. Then right. Yeah, you know, each day add on just a little bit more. Nobody's saying, oh, go out there and just give a whole hour to it. No, take baby steps. It, it takes time. And and I know it's hard, but yeah, it's hard for teens to really oh. get out there. My mother wasn't. My mother didn't exercise, so I didn't exercise. I didn't even. I didn't even think about exercise when I was growing up and at that time. But I I do it now because it's, it's considered to be a healthy thing, and to, I want to live long. I want to have a prosperous life. Right, definitely. And you know the importance of just incrementally getting towards health and fitness is only so much more brought to light when you consider how obese America is in relation to countries around the world. Uh, the Global Burden of Disease Study in 2013 actually found that more than half of the world's about 670 million obese people live in 10 countries. Out of all of those obese individuals, the U.S. ranks number one. Uh, with having the most number of people battling obesity, and what we're finding more and more is that many of those many of those people are kids, are you know my peers, and I can only imagine that if they're having to deal with something like obesity right now, what does this future look like? It's not going to be very bright. Uh, the 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 horizons of their future are just aren't shining like they should. I think when you're young, you should have all the opportunities of the world at your footsteps. Uh, you should know that you should be able to explore anything you want to later on in your life. Uh, but if you're already dealing with something like obesity, that in many cases can be preventable through daily exercise, those small steps, then that's really a problem and we need to rectify this. And when we're talking about just small things you can do, uh, I remember when I was young and I used to in, invite kids over to my home, we would go outside and we would do jump rope or we would do hopscotch. Now, the fun activities like that where we could both be doing it. It's not something you're just doing alone. Um, but now, you know, when I see my brother bring home kids for play dates or that type of thing, they're sitting watching, playing video games. Uh, and I just wonder what happened to the notion of just everyone getting in on this and you, with your friends, you're doing these activities, these fun activities to children, but in fact, they're really promoting activities. And my right. and I used to always go on bike rides. Uh, and when we were going on them, I was a you know, seven, eight-year-old, we didn't feel like we were exercising. We just felt like we were having a great time. But in fact, we were really uh, maintaining good daily physical activity. And so that's Absolutely. just identifying these fun ways to stay active. And you just made me think about that, too. Because when I was growing up, we just went outside. We played. We had the little, I forgot what they call it when you go up or down. Um, I forgot that little, but we used to play hand games. We'd be on the jungle bars and everything. Yeah. I mean, it, you want to think about it was exercise because it's with my mother, she wasn't as educated on that factor. So you want to think, oh, I'm getting exercise. But now that you just brought that up, that was exercise as without us even knowing about it. But now technology has advanced from since my generation. Now I could bring that on to my children, but I'm going to sneak away where we can get some exercise in because we're not going to keep doing this in the house. They're going to get it in. They're eight, too. Besides wrestling all the time, where well, they love to wrestle and, and tag their girls. So, but we're going we're gonna to try to do some more things where we can get the whole family involved. Absolutely. And, you know, even though, of course, I don't, you know, run around jungle gyms with my friends anymore as a teenager, that's not something we do. We probably opt for swimming and that type of thing more. 
But I love to just go to the playground with my little nieces and nephews and run around with them. Uh, I think the older we get, the more we adopt this incorrect mindset that that type of thing just isn't for us and that possibly couldn't give us the physical activity we need. But the reality is if we aren't getting the physical activity any other way, then that would certainly provide a, a great option to actually get a little bit of it. And it's so refreshing, really, to just run around and chase those kids around the jungle gym and push them down on the slide. Uh, it really opens your mind in a different way. Why in them kids. And when you really think about it, children give you the best exercise because they love to run. So you're going to chase after them. So they're the best <laughs> thing you're thinking about. They're already exercise trainers, and they don't even know it. <laughs> right. Oh, oh you're going to be them from here to high heaven, yes. <laughs> I see. So, Hannah, what would you say are some modern factors that are getting in the way of young people trying to live healthy? Oh, it's just some modern challenges that we're dealing with? Yes, the modern things that are getting Well, I know we kind of target maybe maybe television. That gets in the way of, of young people trying to live healthy. Are there any other factors that we might need to know about that are, are bringing the youth down? Well, what I've noticed particularly, and now because I'm president of my school's medical careers club, and so what we do in that club is we disseminate health information to kids. And one thing that I've, that's been really disheartening that i found is that so many young people aren't informed. And I really wonder where that stems from. Because when I'm out there organizing health foods and speaking with these kids about things like tobacco prevention, uh, the dangers of alcohol usage at such a young age, the dangers of engaging in all these fads that go around. I mean, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the cinnamon challenge. Well, that's mm-hmm. one of the big fads that's been going around where they're trying to, you have your peers try to ingest as much cinnamon as they're able to. And, you know, kids think it's fun, but then it's been reported that many emergency rooms uh, are dealing with these children with collapsed lungs. And so that's certainly not a good thing, but a lot of young people don't know about that. And when I would talk about how just one cigarette can so damage uh, your lung capacity and contribute to the mucus lining your lining your trachea, uh, young people didn't know about that. They just thought, you know, what one's fine and that's it. They kind of had that typical YOLO response that just bantered about way too often now, the YOLO that you only live once. Uh, and so the more and more I've been speaking with young people, whether it be for uh, those health booths that I run, whether it be for my writing, for my radio, just trying to gather information. The more and more that I've found is that these young people aren't that informed. And now I don't know if that's always been the case, if for previous generations that, you know, young people just didn't know about these things, just, you know, I can't speak for those times. Uh, but it really disheartens me that these kids aren't out there gathering information. And I think there's no shame in not knowing something. That's perfectly normal to not be aware uh, but there is shame in not having the willingness to go find out, not being proactive to, you know, go on Google and search up these things and really get all the statistics and get the facts. Uh, we have so much access to all these great mediums of information. I don't know why we're not taking full advantage of them. There's so right. much great information out there if you have a keen eye. And so that's something that really, really depresses me about my generation, is we're using all of these resources to get this information. When you have this great health information, then you can make informed health decisions. You know, now, for instance, that I've learned just how stressed out my generation is based on that American Psychological Association study. Now, as I go through daily life, I'm more keen on making sure that I'm not putting too much uh, mental stress on myself. And so the more and more you learn about these things, the more it really uh, changes the kind of lifestyle you live for the better. And so that's something that really... I'm not sure where that originates from. Do you have any idea why these kids just aren't informed anymore? Because we have so many opportunities to get informed. Right. It's too much, too much advanced technology around us to not want to know the information. And, and still, if you can, get out there in the library. Learn, learn from those experiences. Because like I said, we're weaning away from that because we get lazy sitting at this keyboard all day. That's fine and dandy. Get out. Go to your neighbor's house. Talk to them. Go, go call your friend. Walk around while you're on the phone. 
because that could cause you to gain a lot of weight, too. Because I watch the doctors a lot, and he would say, you know, sometimes we get lazy. We sit on the phone. Walk around with your phone. Get the exercise in. Do as much possible as you can to get active out here. We're getting too comfortable. We are. And I know some people get comfortable in their skin. Oh, I look good. And that's fine. I'm not saying it's nothing wrong if you right. want to be a girl or a big guy. It's nothing wrong with that. But be mindful of that you still have a heart to take care of. You got lungs and liver, all that's still part of your body. So make sure you're cautious about that. I don't want to be saying that, oh, I'm glad to be a big girl, and here I got high cholesterol. That's not looking good. It's not healthy as you think. I'm not, and I don't, I don't discriminate on nothing. If you want to be that way, be that way. But be cautious of your health vibe. But what we're going to do, we're going to take a short Right. We're going to take a short commercial break, and we're going to be back with Hannah, and we're going to talk about the way we can promote more health-oriented lifestyles in our society. So don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after this. There's only one station that will keep you happy. Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. Imagine me, a dog, moving in with a human. I didn't know how it would work. Turns out, my human's pretty entertaining. For instance, every time I give my human his ball, he throws it as far as he can. And I'm like, dude, that's your ball. So I go get it. But he just throws it. Again. I gotta say, though, the more he does it, the funnier it is. I love my human. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. All right, we're back with Hannah, who is a advocate for teen health. She's also a great journalist at a very young age, and she's out here promoting the word, spreading it wisely. Get out here and be active. So, Hannah, before we left off for commercial break, we were talking about all the good things people can do to try to live healthy, recommended exercise for the young people. Now, how can our society promote more health oriented lifestyles? Well, I think what we really have to remember is that we've got to meet these folks halfway. We've got to meet them in their environment because I think that's where they're most comfortable and they're more open to hearing what you have to say. You've got to approach this from a comfortable standpoint. And so one thing that I've done and I've seen how much it works and I'm so blessed that I've been able to be a part of this is the Community Health Education Team. And that's a health education team put on by a local hospital in my hometown. And it's an outreach program, and what we do is at all the county fairs in our area, we go there and we set up an information booth. And we also have a little walk-through heart exhibit for children, you know, because that kind of entices them to be able to walk through and touch and, you know, play with their hands and that type of thing. That gets the message across for them as well. But for the adults, we have, we, we all as volunteers, we're, we're there answering questions, uh, hearing concerns. And so as these people are trekking through the fair, they'll see a booth and they'll stop by and they'll have a question for us and we'll give them all the information they need. Um, we'll help them and get, get cholesterol screenings, you know, if they can't afford them. We'll provide them coupons and give them tips for ways you can get that done. Uh, we'll help what them is- take their blood pressure. We'll teach them about what these numbers represent, what they mean for their for their overall health and what, you know, they can do to better their number. And so we're meeting these folks in a comfortable setting, just a county fair. Uh, We're not coercing them to do anything. Rather, we're just there uh, open to any questions, anything they want to talk about, and they really feel comfortable approaching us with that. And because of that health education team, I've seen, I've had so many people come up to me and tell me, you know, thank you so much. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know blood pressure numbers represented, and now I know, and now, you know, I can talk better to my doctor about that. And so I think that's primarily the key whenever we're talking about getting our communities healthier. And we've got to work on the way that we're going to encourage them to embark on this mission. And I think it's really important also to consider how do you encourage people because this comes up a lot, you know, how we were just previously talking about the whole notion of fat shaming or shaming people uh, do not want to live that kind of lifestyle. That's not what this is about at all because when we're talking about motivation, when you motivate people, when you 
inspire them positively. You don't motivate them by degrading them. You, motiv- you encourage them by uplifting them. I mean, if you even consider athletics, how does a coach motivate his team? He tells them how good they are and how they're going to get out there and they're going to beat the other team. They're going to make that playoff. Um, you, don't, you don't get out there and encourage them by telling them that they're terrible and they're not going to do a good job and think that's somehow going to get into their inner workings and make them want to do better. Not at all. You motivate by positively inspiring. And so that's really the key in health-promoting in our communities. That's something that I've really identified as I've done this more and more. You've got to make, meet these folks in their environment and make them feel comfortable and open to speaking with you. And you've got to really focus on the positive. You can't get too marred in the negative aspects of it. Why, right. you are a great role model. I mean, you're doing it in an effective way to really encourage teens and adults to take up these healthy habits. So, like I said, kudos to you for doing this. This is a great oh, thank outcome. Thank you so much. I'm glad you know, it's going. I'm so blessed, really. I feel blessed that I've been able to embark on this mission of health because I consider it an absolute privilege. Uh, helping these young people and even older people adopt a fresh mindset. To me, that, that inspires me. The more people tell me that my message resonated them, the more that really encourages me to get out there even more and to spread this even more. So I'm so thankful and grateful that this message has been resonating. And I really hope I'm able to reach out to many more people. Well, and, you know, it, it, it's so, it, it just makes you glad and thankful because it it comes always as it does in my shows about God. God will send whoever in your path to you just to give you a message. It could be a child. It could be an elderly. It could even be a baby to be the message. So I think that is a God-heaven-sent message to send this young lady, Hannah, out to spread the word for others. You never know who he's going to use for his purpose. Uh, it don't matter what age you are. So that's why I'm, I'm very excited. So, oh, Hannah, thank you. And you, know, thank you. And, you, you know, the thing is, although I may just be a teenager, and, you know, I'm just writing, and the majority of my writing is at the local level in California newspapers, and, you know, I write for some online platforms like the Huffington Post, but I'm certainly not, you know, one of the big name journalists of today. And although I'm just a teenager, I think – you know, it would be easy for me to think, well, how many people can I possibly expect to reach? Uh, but that's not the attitude I like to adopt. Rather, I think that maybe I can't reach a million people. Maybe I can only reach 100 people with this message. But if I can reach the right 100 people, then that message can ripple out and it can affect billions. And so that's really the type of uh, mindset that I have, that work local. Start where you are. Use what you've got. Do what you can Anyone can begin this wherever they are and use any of the resources that they've got available to them to start. And if you can even reach out to one person, to another and on to another, we should get this message going global. Right. Now, Hannah, besides being an advocate, as we've been an advocate for teen health, we also were talking about that you're a journalist. So how did you get into wanting to write? Well, it was back in eighth grade, um, and the summertime was approaching. Right before high school, you know, I really had nothing to do during summer. And I've always been one of those individuals who likes to keep myself occupied. I don't, for some reason, like to have too much free time. I like to really be actively doing things. And so I sat down and I started thinking, gosh, you know, what could I really do to fill up my summertime this year? And I had always loved to write. Uh, if I, you know, I kept a journal, I kept a diary, I would write stories for fun. Uh, but then I really started considering that, wow, what if I started writing for some local publication? And so what I actually did was I phoned the local newspaper's editor, and I inquired if she had any type of internship available for a student such as I. And initially, uh, you know, it, it was a little bit of hesitance because I don't think she'd ever had a student of my age wanting to contribute to that newspaper. Um, but I sent her in a few writing samples, and we just worked it out from there. And eventually, she actually gave me a monthly column in that newspaper. And that really fueled my love of journalism because now, just as a little eighth grader, I had such a wonderful platform from which I could talk about any issues that I wanted to. I had a way to really get out there and speak to my community on such a, an elevated level. And when you're, you're a young person and you have a platform like that, that is so powerful. Uh, it, it, 
it really promotes in you a sense of, wow, you know, I matter. My opinions matter. And people want to hear what I have to say. And so I just took that column and I ran with it. I would talk about issues like traveling and our young people as exposed to the world nowadays. I would talk about issues like bullying. I would talk about whether or not my, my generation is actively engaged in the political arena. You know, I would touch on all of these different issues. And each month when I'd be writing my column, I'd be, look, I'd be out there in my community identifying the new issues that I needed to talk about in next month's column. And so having that daily, uh, that monthly column, I'm sorry, actually really not only fueled my love of journalism, but also, again, promoted my desire to be out in my community and to really know what's going on in my surroundings. And after I got that monthly column, I loved journalism so much that I wanted to even write for more papers. And so now I actually write for three different local newspapers. I write for many um, magazines, both print and online. I write for the Huffington Post. I've been published in Yahoo Voices. So just that one initial moment that I had in eighth grade year to just call that editor opened up so many doors for me. And I only hope that more young people could get in on this idea of being proactive and just starting where you are right now and just identifying all the great resources that you have access to. And don't be afraid to get out there and go after what you're really desiring. It could really come to fruition in your life like I think it has in mine. I mean, that, that had to have been a shock just to know that the Huffington Post actually published your writing. And that's awesome because that's a known publishing company. The Huffington Post, yes. I mean, people be fighting to write for Huffington Post. work for them. That's I think that's awesome. That's really cool, Hannah, that you actually got that opportunity to be able to do that. Some that people oh, actually. I'm so blessed. Yes. So, how are you able to keep all these activities together, uh, writing, being a teenager yourself? <laughs> actually, we've only uh, touched on one side of the coin because not only do I do writing and I spread this great message through all my writing, but I also do radio. Uh, so I have, I'm the host and a health reporter on Express Yourself Teen Radio, and we're the mm-hmm. most highly rated program on the Voice America Kids Network. And so what I do each week on that program, in addition to hosting, is I take the latest health research coming out, and I frame that in a way that's more appealing and more comprehensible to young people. You know, again, I'm just help, giving them all these great ways to stay informed. And perhaps for some kids it's more interesting to listen to a radio program talk about it than to read an article talking about it. But either way, I'm putting out all these resources for my young people to get engaged. But, you know, in putting out all these resources, it's difficult for me at times to be able to get a handle on all of this, you know, with all of these articles due, all of these deadlines, uh, all these radio broadcasts that I need to prepare for. And so it, it's really been a journey for me as well, learning how to manage everything that I want to do. And I know that even looking back, introspecting, and who just loves to, loves to take up an opportunity. Because, you know, I think when we get to the end of our life, we don't regret the times we said yes. I think we regret the times we said no. So I've always been one to want to take up any opportunity that comes my way. Now, the downside to that is that I do often find myself just really, you know, trying to get in there and manage everything that I've managed to get myself into. Uh, but so far, I think I've been pulling along quite well. I think the key really is to identify your priorities. So for me, my writing, my radio, my advocacy efforts, that's really important to me, in addition to my family and my friends and my education. So those six right. factors really uh, form the basis of my life, and I really craft everything else that I do based on those things. You know, I keep a daily agenda or I mark down what radio shows I've got coming up this week, what articles are due this week. And so I really identify what's important to me. And every young child has something different that's important to them, whether it be athletics, the sport they play, um, a job they have, or just the passion that they want to pursue. I think the key really is to know what matters to you. And from there, you can really work out the rest of your life. Right. And I'm glad that you mentioned education because you could do all your activities, but that education is always first, and that's why I keep in mind with my girls. Of course, that one day I do want them to play sports, but right now we have to focus on what's very valuable, what's actually going to be your B plan, because you can have the A plan, but the education 
that should be something where you can always fall back on when, as I was telling another guest, sports and stuff is fine when you put your children out there into it, but what's going to be the B plan if something happens to them? Will they have enough education right. to fulfill and go out there and get them a nine-to-five job or something else? So I'm glad that you did mention that. So, Anna, what child and I, I love that you encourage your, your kids to really value education mm-hmm. because, unfortunately, I think that's not the case for young kids today. They don't have their parents actively on their case, checking their homework, making sure they're being apprised of all the deadlines and the due dates. Uh, and I think if you have the parents really in on that and helping their kid navigate through this education early on, I think that's really going to make an impact. And I think it's wonderful that you do that. Because I don't mind them doing anything that they want to do, but I don't want you to do that and you don't know how to do this math or you don't know how to read. Because that's what we have to focus on this year because, of course, they're going to third grade and CRCT will be involved. So we need to focus on that. We can always focus on sports, but I want you to know how to do this. I want you to know how to be able to read your contract one day for yourself if you get involved with anything so, and know how to add and know how to multiply. So those are things that are, are basic for me. So, Hannah, right. Oh, definitely. So, Hannah, what challenges did you encounter as a teen writer? Well, I think one of the primary challenges is that Although, you know, there's the burgeoning of technology, and you would think there's so many new online platforms uh, for young people to write, such as blogs or that type of thing. If you really want to write for these big, big publications, the issue is that a lot of them just aren't willing to take on a young writer. You know, I don't know if they feel that we don't have the know-how yet to write these high-level articles, or if they fear that our type of writing just won't resonate with readers. You know, it'll be too new and different readers to really care about, uh, but I've had many times where I, I think I wrote a great pitch, I think, or I think I wrote a great article, and I sent it off to an editor, and they said, thank you, but we'll pass. Um, and, you know, that, that was really disheartening for me, kind of, because I felt like I perhaps was being judged because of my age rather than the work that I was producing, uh, but in a way that also just motivated me to really perfect my craft and to go back right. to the drawing board and really get in there, fix every single possible grammar error that could be in that article, rearrange sentences, rearrange paragraphs, just do anything I could to make my writing even better. And that's also really toughened my skin, uh, all these editor rejection letters, uh, because sometimes I actually keep those, because I think it's important to go back to them whenever I'm feeling down or I think I need a little kick to really kickstart my writing. I go back to those editors. Uh, rejection letters, actually, and I remember that, no, you know, I I need to show these people. I need to show these people that I'm definitely able to do this. And so that actually motivates me in a way to just get better at what I'm doing. Right, and that's that's taking, you're taking that that critique criticism, and that's what a lot of people don't be understanding. Like, for instance, I'm part of Toastmasters, and when somebody critiques you, you don't take it negatively. You say, okay, this is what I need to improve on. So I'm going to go do this. Since I have a very southern draw when I talk, so I'm very cautious of, I'm very cautious, Anna, every time I speak, like, did I hit that ending right? Because that's the main thing that people look for when you're telling the news. Like, oh, did I say that right? And that used to be my main problem. And Tom Jones, who's a news reporter for WSB-TV, he would say, what are you thinking about? Why doesn't it just come out? I said, well, my main problem is that I don't, enunciate my words like they should be or the way that the universe thinks they should be. So that makes me very cautious, and I and it doesn't sound right when it comes out on tape. So I'm always, I'm, I am, I'm very cautious of what I say because I still have people today might correct me. Sometimes it frustrates me, but i be like, no, breathe in, breathe out, and just work on it. <laughs> so that's my motto, just work on <laughs> Anything you want to protect it. Don't let a little bump in the road be the end of your journey. That's what I tell all these young people. Just keep right on pressing on. Right. So, Hannah, what advice would you give to an upcoming teen journalist out there? Oh, wow, that's a great question. I think definitely know what you're getting yourself into. Uh, it, it's not as simple as just crafting an article and sending it off to an editor. 
there's a lot of background work involved. There's a lot of research. There's a lot of networking with people, really trying to establish relationships and um, establish good standing. There's a lot. There's a lot of work to it. There's much more work to it than just crafting an article, or even when we're talking about broadcast journalism, doing a radio show. It's a lot more work than just sitting there on your microphone talking into it. Uh, so definitely know what you're getting yourself into. And in addition to that, you've really got to adopt adapt a tough skin because you're going to get rejections. Uh, you might have thought you were the best writer who ever walked the face of the earth, but with all the rejection letters you're going to get, it's really going to knock you down in a way. But you've got to have the mental stamina and mental fortitude to just get right back up and not let these little rejections, these little bumps in the road get in the way of you journeying on this road that really represents what you want to do for your whole entire life. Uh, you can't let these. You can't let the small things get in the way of your large uh, overall goal. I think that's really the key. Right, and you're right about that. This is. It takes work, even though it seems apparently. I just get on the microphone and sort of talk. It takes work because you also you have to do your research, regardless of what the guests may send you about them. You still want to do your little research, maybe not ask questions that already have been asked or something. Or if you know something about them, reference another question into that. So it is. It's work and trying to keep it up. Make sure that you stay available. Let your audience know that you're around or what you're not doing or what you are doing. So it, it is. It's not just you're going Absolutely. to jump in. And you know what I can even, Right. Oh, definitely. And you know what I can even add to that is that I, for, for the newspapers that I write for, sometimes I've gotten assignments at – Times when I was, you know, lounging around at home just relaxing and I got, I got, I looked, checked my email and found that I got an assignment to be up and running and interviewing people at a location two hours away uh, in two hours. Uh, so you've you got to be prepared for the unpredictable. You've got to be ready to go with the flow, move with the times, um, be really willing to adapt to whatever they're going to hand you because it's not going to be as perfectly planned out and as organized as Perhaps you would like it to be. I think the life of a journalist is, in a way, haphazard. Uh, you just got to follow the news. You got to follow the times and be willing to run with it. Exactly. So, Hannah, before before we actually get off the air, I would like to know what are some activities that teens can actually do during the summer while they're out of school oh, and nothing else. during the summer, else? yes, yes, yes. It's wonderful. Uh, what I love to do during the summer is, again, not, I mean, of course, during the wintertime, you know, I'm outside exercising as well. But in the summertime, I don't think I ever stepped foot in a gym, not once, because I cannot fathom uh, working out inside in the constraints of such an environment when I could rather be outside in the sunshine, in the fresh air. Uh, so what I love to do, biking is my number one activity. I bike all the time. I also okay. love swimming. I love uh, playing basketball with my brother. I love just all these little activities. I also love yoga. Yoga is so much fun because you can actually, you know, take your yoga mat outside and stretch and kind of warm up that way before you do one of these more strenuous activities like swimming. Um, so take advantage of the beautiful weather. I think regardless of where you are, there's going to be a day or two in the summertime where there's just going to be uh, magnificent weather. And so take advantage of that. Don't feel uh, constrained to get that perfect beach body laboring away in the gym. Take advantage of the beautiful outdoors. I think it's really going to invigorate you so much more and make you enjoy health and fitness. Yes, I do agree with you. Get out there and enjoy them sun rays. Don't make any excuses. It's time to get it on hump day every day. So, Hannah, give us a website where we can find you or or know about any further updates on you. Right. So if you want to keep hearing me each week on the radio, I definitely okay. recommend tuning in to the Voice America Kids Network's Express Yourself Teen Radio. And for the sake of ease, you can just Google Voice America Kids Express Yourself Teen Radio, um, and you can click on the link that it provides right there. You can find me on that each week. We talk about the latest health studies, and we also have many teen contributors from all over America who talk about all the things that are important to them. So not only are we talking about health and fitness, we're also talking about arts and crafts, about volunteering, anything that a young child might be interested in. So 
Check us out on Express Yourself Teen Radio's Voice America Kids Network. We're the most highly rated program on that. We've got a lot of people listening, and we hope to get many more. Well, thank you, Hannah. I appreciate you for enlightening us with all thank this information. You so much. I, thank I you hope my that the community so be more active. You're welcome, Hannah. You have a blessed one, you and your family. Thank you so much. I'm very grateful. It was absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. It was my pleasure, too, Hannah. Well, everyone that was Hannah, I hope that you really get out there and be more active. Let's try to get more focus in the community on eating right, staying healthy. It feels good when you do your body right. Now, tomorrow I will not be having a show, but I will see you back on June the 3rd. And don't forget I said that I won't be doing the show from June the 4th through the 9th because I will be out of town, but I will keep you posted up on anything that I do all the way through. And I hope that you have a blessed and prosperous day today. I love you for tuning in, and stay blessed as always. Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha. Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. God bless.